guys, it's Amanda and Baron back again with Kicking Cancer Cares. Our sponsor for this second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. Uh, if you are looking to buy a home or sell a home, she's definitely your go-to. And she can be reached at 503-409-4389. Again, that's 503-409-4389. And please continue to pray for her as she is currently going through her own battle as well. Well, again, we have um, the infamous Bob Bush with us. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Bob. That, that guy that's always calling in or emailing in. <laughs> I love you, Bob. You, you well, I guess I haven't called in before. But, no, I, you know. but I tell you that for a, for a while there, every time we turn on, so we got your back, Bob. We just yep. sent you. <laughs> um, but one of the biggest reasons I wanted Bob to come in is I've known Bob for quite a while in the community. And, you know, Bob's a retired volunteer firefighter. I didn't even put that in there because it's going to play into our next conversation. Uh, but I had learned about this a while back. There's a House bill. It's House Bill 4113 here in Oregon. And I pulled it up during the break so I could actually read it to you accurately. There was a lot of people that, that helped sponsor this bill, but the bill is related to occupational diseases of non-volunteer firefighters which is a paid firefighter, mm-hmm. adds to cancers covered by um, rebutable presumption of occupational disease for eligible non-volunteer firefighters. Twice in that it makes sure it says non-volunteer firefighters. Yeah. So if somebody they, wants to volunteer their time out of the goodness of their heart, they're not covered? Correct. That's it, how many Poop. Yeah. <laughs> poop. <laughs> Well, and I think the one thing that I heard you say on the other the half of the show was that a, a, a fire, a paid firefighter is there two days on, four, days, four off. days off, where you were there one out of six days. Right. But you were, you were the lead going into the, last, the fire on your last job. Yep. So you were exposed to ex- and many things as they were, just not as often. Correct. And so the distinction for this bill is that the paid firefighters are covered, the non-volunteer firefighters are covered, the volunteers aren't. Which is frustrating because without the volunteers, I mean, honestly, they, you, you wouldn't be able to run the station. Well, how, how many how many fire districts in this state, Bob, do you think are run 100% by volunteers? Not very many. Really? Actually. Say but, what was um, the question? But they are very small, but... Um, well, I, I was just asking, Bob, how many, like, smaller, smaller areas mm-hmm. where there are 100% volunteers that run it. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, there, there is quite a few. I was thinking the other direction for some reason. Oh. But, uh, yeah, because while I was with Kaiser Fire District, I was also involved in the Oregon Volunteer Firefighters Association. Okay. And that is the state uh, a representative body for volunteer firefighters. So do you know how many volunteers there are in the state of Oregon? Um, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but it's it's in. Hundred thousand? I don't know if it's quite a hundred thousand. It's probably in the tens of thousands. Okay. Yeah. If you were because there's a a lot of fire districts that are just run by you know four or five people. Right. And well, and I think about like I I when I was at Serpro, I responded to a fire in Grand Ronde. And I think that there might be one or two paid people in Grand Ronde, but basically you have a lot of people that live in Grand Ronde that volunteer their time when a fire happens. Correct. And there's probably a lot of communities the size of Grand Ronde that that happens. Yeah. And then there is a fire station at the uh, casino out there that responds over to them 
right. for that. So yeah. So I just um, looked up this article that was August tenth of two thousand twenty-three. So just a few pretty, months ago. Pretty recent. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it says that. Um, it looks like uh, it's often a volunteer firefighter who shows up. 94% of all fire departments in Oregon are either all volunteer or a combination of paid and volunteer firefighters. 94% of the fire stations in Oregon are... Fire districts, fire department, yeah. So they're all volunteers. Wow. And then it said that probably 95% of our calls we couldn't do if we didn't have our volunteers. Yep. of calls wouldn't be able to... Well, and you think about the cost of running a station where you're there 24 hours a day and nothing happens for 24 hours. And if you're going to staff it 100% by paid people, that's just not very cost effective. So you need some volunteers to help you when something does happen, but you still need someone there all the time. And it's just, it's unfortunate that this bill excluded... The volunteers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 23% of our volunteers are 60 and older. I could volunteer. You could. I now qualify. I now qualify. <laughs> I turned 60 this year. <laughs> Pretty interesting article, though. Um, yeah, so a lot of volunteers in our firefighter system. Just as a guess, Bob, would you? what would you say the ratio is between paid and volunteer firefighters? It depends where you're at. Well, that I guess that's but, a fair um, question. Yeah, because <laughs> like... Statewide. Statewide. Because like... Uh, departments like Portland, Salem, Eugene, all all paid, hundred percent paid, and very big departments. Mm-hmm. Kaiser. When I first started, we had you know fifty, sixty volunteers to four or five paid. Okay. Oh, now wow. it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. They've they've got I think less than ten volunteers. They're looking for volunteers. By the way, always yes. Uh, but they've got, I'm not sure, 30-some, maybe 40 paid staff because they're a transporting ambulance service as well. Yeah. And they're running, you know, 20-some calls a day. Mm-hmm. For the ambulance side. For the ambulance side. Jeez. Yeah. So today— Fire responses are very minimal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably 20 a year. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I will say that during my time with Surpro— um, I responded to a couple of pretty bad fires in Kaiser. Now, Kaiser had very few mediocre fires. Either they did no fires or they just had a horrible fire. It was one mm-hmm. or the other. Right. And I went to this horrible fire, actually not too far from your house, Bob, and, and it was a horrible fire. Um, and I will tell you that it was the most organized attack on this fire, af- the after the aftermath of the fire. Um, and I just got to give big kudos out to Anne Marie over there at Kaiser Fire District. She's your uh, she's your fire marshal, no De- deputy fire marshal and uh, fire safety instructor. Yeah, pub ed person. So they pulled in the college, and people don't know that if you want to go into firefighting, Chemeketa has a great firefighting program. So she brings some some of these kids from the fire from the Chemeketa, and she is organizing them on what to do to make sure the fire doesn't flare back up again. Yeah. But I'm as an outsider looking in. You know, I'm here going, can Serve Pro help with this situation? Mm-hmm. And I'm going. This is a really well organized attack on a horrible fire. Yeah. So kudos to Kaiser Fire District. That's awesome. Speaking of Kaiser Fire, this is the first Saturday in December. Mm-hmm. But there's something fun coming up this Sunday, isn't there, Bob? 
if you're into the Christmas spirit. Well, if you're not, then don't listen to our show. (laughs) Correct. Uh, We are doing... Or they are doing. I keep saying we. Be, I'm not with them anymore. How but, many years is still? But a my week. wife is on the board of directors, so I'm kind of still with it's them. Like it's, it's still a week. It's still a week. Yes, yeah, it's absolutely. still a week. Uh, we're it's having pancake team. breakfast with Santa. Okay. On Sunday from seven to eleven or seven thirty to eleven thirty. I'm hearing both times, so, so I'm Santa not sure which one. So Santa will be at the pancake breakfast. Yes. Oh, and okay. And you can come and eat all you want: pancakes, sausage, eggs, juice, so, milk. So not tomorrow. But next Sunday. Correct. Okay. okay. So next Sunday. and The 10th. And what was the time again? 7 a.m. 7 to, to 11. 11 or 7.30 to 11.30. And if you want to help out, call the station. They are looking for volunteers to help out with and I've that. And already, I've already volunteered. I'm going to be there. Okay. Yeah, so if you can put up with me helping you, then I'm going to be there. All right. <laughs> um, well, and the thing we put make sure the listeners understand is this is not a free event for the public. No. You're not going to show up and just get fed pancakes. No. There's a minimal cost. Right. It's like six, seven, eight dollars for adults, but it's an all you can eat. Yeah. I and think, I think there's a family price too, isn't there? Um, no. No. Okay. Terry went last year and I think he said that it was like six bucks each for him and Patty. So it yeah. was like twelve bucks for all you can eat breakfast. Like and you cannot go to, to Sherry's and get all you can eat pancakes for, for twelve dollars for one person. Right. Yeah. And it's going towards a good cause and supporting our community. So and, it's and totally you can get it. your picture taken with Santa. Oh. Okay. Yep. Okay. And I do I will say that last year, so I'm assuming it'll happen again this year, but the person that greets you to come in the door is Chief Russell. Yep. He's oh. usually right there at the table. Perfect. Greeting everybody where they take your money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a great community event coming up with the fire district. Um, and then the other thing I thought we'd bring up here there, so Bob had joined the staff for Kicking Cancer, was helping us get this store up and running. Um, at the time we opened it, both Noah and I had jobs, and so we had someone to monitor the store. So Bob was a great help getting that store up and running. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Bob reaches out to me and says, so I have this friend that I knew from the fire district that I'd like to, you to meet. You want to tell us about your friend, Tony? Uh, this was not just my friend. He was my shift lieutenant. Oh, so, so he like was I said, when we, <laughs> when we, uh, on my last shift with that fire, he was the guy right behind me. Oh, wow. That's okay. cool. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I didn't even think it's been a, a year ago. He contacted me and said, uh, by the way, I have probably got bladder cancer. Oh. Which was one of those cancers we talked yeah. about on yeah. the phone. And, cause, uh, and he, Found out in the end he did. They were able to successfully remove it. Oh, thank gosh. And he is now cancer-free. Yeah. But he was not covered by this. We even checked with for him. So, really? Yeah. Now, fortunately, Mark Kramer used to be a sponsor of this show. Yeah. And so I connected Tony with Mark. And unfortunately, you have to get Mark's policy before you know you have cancer, yeah. right? But Mark has so many connections in this state that Mark was able to connect Tony to somebody else to get Tony some assistance financially to mm-hmm. get through this. Um, but the other thing that's fun about Tony is we put together this Battle of the Badges softball game. Yeah. And we did it during Cancer Awareness Weekend. Guess who threw the first pitch out of the softball game? Was it Tony? Yes. He oh, was the honorary, honorary team captain for the firefighters. That's cool. Yeah. So we had all, all the firefighters were wearing the red kicking cancer shirt. Yeah. Kiss. They were all wearing red for obvious reasons. Yep. And Tony had a bright yellow one on. For bladder, for cancer. bladder cancer. For bladder okay. cancer. Yep. So when you see 
I think there was 12 firefighters behind him all in red, and then him in front with the yellow. It's a pretty impressive picture. That's cool. Yeah, and two or three of the guys on the firefighter team had also volunteered with us at Kaiser Fire. Oh. Before they left and went into career positions Mm -hmm. with Salem or the county. Yeah. So they knew Tony. Yeah. That's awesome. I could just see. Oh, and the other thing was interesting was the first time I met Tony was before that game, but Bob had said for us to meet at the store. And I remember Tony was a little apprehensive as to, you know, who am I? What's this whole cancer, kicking cancer thing? Right. But uh, he's kind of had a turnaround, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he knows I'm doing this show, so. Hopefully he's listening. Hi, Tony, if you are. Hi, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, it was a really, and, and of course, every month, Kicking Cancer honors somebody. Mm-hmm. So we honored Tony during August. He was our honoree that month. That's awesome. And there's a really neat event that you and Bob both went to last year. Yeah, the honoree mm-hmm. night. Well, guess who will be there? Tony. Tony mm-hmm. will be there. Can't wait to meet you, Tony. So now he's one who was honoree. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, there's another uh, even deeper story here because Bob's a firefighter. But for anyone that's seen our polo shirts, mm-hmm. you can get these customized. Yes. And Bob's actually says, honoring Bob Survivor. I love it. Mm-hmm. So do you want to share your cancer story, Bob? Uh, my cancer story was basal cell carcinoma, better known as skin cancer. Okay. Which is why his shirt is black. Yeah. Okay. Which is, yeah, why black. Um, I had developed this, what I thought was just a sore on my face next to my nose and because it kind of looked like a scab when I first noticed it, but it never went away. So I went in for a checkup with my doctor, and he looks at it and goes, I need to take some pictures and refer you to a dermatologist. And so he referred me. The dermatologist eventually called me and said, yeah, you need to come in. We need to see you, because it looks like... And then when I went and saw him, he walks in and he from across the room he looks at it and goes, "Yep, that's basal cell carcinoma." Wow! From across the room. <laughs> well, he had also seen the pictures right. too. Right. So, okay. Um, but he just wanted to put eyes on it to, yeah. to visualize it, and so he says, "Okay, we have two courses of treatment. I can either s- uh, scrape it off now, and I think he said the the odds the odds were eighty nine percent survival rate at that point." He says, or we can reschedule and you can come in and I can use a scalpel and cut it out and you'll have a little bit different scar, you know, a little cleaner and all that. And that'll get you all the way up to 94%. And I'm like, I'm here. Let's just do it. For 5%, let's just do it. Yeah. And so he scraped it off and, you know, did the uh, petroleum jelly to keep the scab from uh, becoming too big and... Now I'm basal cell carcinoma free, okay. as far as we know. Right. Um, I'm actually to the point now where I go in every other year. Oh wow! So to you're see him far out. to get checked. Okay. How, how many years yeah. ago did you have this done? Do you remember? Five, maybe. Oh, so relatively four, four, recently. Yeah, yeah relatively recently. Yeah. Okay. Well, that must be a big because every other year that's huge. Well, initially it was once a, I had to go in every year, so I saw him like twice, and then he right. says, "Now we don't now two years, so it'll be." He got sick of you, huh? I think next, <laughs> <laughs> first part of next year, I think, is my next time to go in and see okay. him. So. so early 2024, you see him again. Correct. And that's awesome that he got to deal with it instead of having to go to because an oncologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah, because basal cell carcinoma can be treated just by like you know, like he's like he did sc- yeah. scraping it off because it's basically topical. Right. And at the, at the same time, I had a couple of precancerous patches under my eyes that he just froze and they peeled off eventually. Oh, that's so. cool. Um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Well, oh, yes. The you saying do it now versus later. I think I would want to go with the higher chances, but at the same time, I don't want to walk out with this continuing to be on in my body yeah. and possibly spreading or what that, I don't know. Yeah. So take it off now, doc. Yep. And, and, you know, back then it was, you didn't know for sure how long it would be right. to get the next appointment yeah. in. So yeah. it's like, let's just do it now. Especially because specialists, it's so hard to get in with them. And then when it is, it's months out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing I think is great about Bob's story in comparison to a guest that we had almost a year ago was Russ Hedge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also had I know Russ. Either. So Russ was, almost a year ago, Russ was a guest. Well, Russ did not have basal cell carcinoma. No, he had the other one. He, he had melanoma. melanoma. Yeah. And I think that there's a distinction that listeners need to understand. The skin cancer has two forms. And the one that Bob has is the lesser of two evils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it can still metastasize, but not as likely. Yeah. No, and, and if the listeners remember, and they can go back and find that podcast, you got to scroll a ways back because it was earlier this year, but Russ, Russ's was on the bottom of his foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we talked about the fact that that skin, that sun doesn't always cause skin cancer mm-hmm. because he got on the bottom of his foot and his actually did come back. So he dealt with it twice. They yeah. thought they got it. It came back, and it metastasized up his leg. So like an inner thigh was where mm. they found it the second time. Mm. Uh, and so melanoma gets in the fibers of your skin and then begins to move. And that's Right. That's terrifying. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Bob, it's like, you know what? I'm here. Cut that thing off. Let's be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before it's not given a chance to metastasize <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so there is two types of skin cancer. I think that's a good one to distinguish there. Absolutely. Um, any other people in your life that have been affected by cancer? Um, well, I kind of have a family history. My mom's dad died of colon cancer. My father had prostate cancer that metastasized into his bones. Um, when he got when he was diagnosed with that, the doctor said it's probably not the prostate cancer that'll kill you because he was already in his about eighty. So, but he was given. But he, I'm trying to remember, it was just like six or eight months, probably. But he lasted five and a half years. Oh wow! Oh, wow. So and he didn't do radiation and chemo and all that. He just they did uh, hormone therapy, and it went into remission for a while. And he didn't. I mean, they told him he'd probably have hot flashes and all this stuff. And so uh, he never did. Uh, and the interesting thing is, is my brother, my youngest brother would attend the doctor visits with dad and he sent us all a recording of one of those visits of them talking when the doctor wasn't in the room Mm -hmm. about what the options were and it was basically he said well you know if i do this other stuff it's my quality of life may not be all that good and he says if it's only going to give me three to six months i don't want to do that yeah i just want so we knew it was dad's choice yeah. to forego the other treatments. and um, Sounds like he made the right one. He did. He mm-hmm. did. Uh, we all got to spend time with him that year. That uh, was seven years ago. 
um, we had my sister, my baby sister, and her husband have an elk camp that they go to, and they invited Dad to go up with them. At the time, I was working for the Kaiser Chamber, and I get a call from my brother, my other brother, who's going to go up and join them and wanted to know if I wanted to go with. Well, Danielle Bethel was the boss, and oh, I yeah. said, my brother wants me to go up and do it, and I had just actually just talked to her about my dad's condition, and she goes, nah, you can't go. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was teasing me. Oh, absolutely. And so I got up there, and that was early September, and then um, October, maybe early November, all of us kids had a chance to go see him. And um, it was interesting. It was fun. Uh, he actually, he used to be a championship curler because he's from Canada. Okay. And he showed us how to do it and all that stuff. And, I mean, we got pictures and videos. We just spent hours yeah. sitting in the, in the family room just chit-chatting about all different things. And then one day he couldn't get up and walk across the room anymore so mm -hmm. they got a hospital bed put him on hospice we all came in and visited and got a chance to say our goodbyes and then the day after thanksgiving seven years ago got the call from my brother my youngest brother that dad was gone yeah well i'm sorry for that but it looked sounded like he lived a, a really full life even oh, yeah. after his diagnosis mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, he he and told his right doc choices. at one point. He says, "I got a to do list that's going to keep me till 116." <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor says, "Well, I'm going to do my best to get you there." So <laughs> that's awesome. What that's I think awesome. something you said that I resonates with me with some of our stories. At some point, you have to determine whether it's quantity of life yeah. or quality of life. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and he chose quality. Quality of life. I think that's what I would choose also. Um, because, yeah, no matter how long you have to live, I want to be healthy and well and at least enjoy those days yeah. mm -hmm. and make the best of it versus being sick, hoping and praying that I get to go a little bit longer. Yeah, and we've been back up to elk camp. Well, my sister and her husband go up to their elk camp every year. And now in honor of Dad, uh, there's a bunch of lakes up there that they always fished at. Now they have the honoree chair. Where okay. they, they put his chair with his T-shirt. We had... Uh, family t-shirts made with a photo of mom and dad on the front mm -hmm. and so they put that on his chair and it's that's his seat of honor and they do that every year at, at one particular lake up there that's awesome so he's there in yeah. spirit yep that's awesome that is that's well there was something you mentioned earlier bob that's something that he does he's a head usher there at volcano stadium oh yeah and uh i wanted to use our last couple minutes to tell you a fun story that happened perfect within our timeline it's now december of 2020 and the state's back into a big lockdown because of covid mm -hmm. lisa walker had created these community things in the parking lot i mean once again they've got this big stadium they still got some bills they can't do anything and so she realized that you could do um vendor fairs or Saturday markets somehow yeah. they were exempt from from the COVID rules of course and so she had this vendor fair in her parking lot early December okay and the governor had said you can't go see Santa kids can't sit on Santa's lap because they might get COVID and that just really bothered Lisa she wanted the kids to have that Santa experience so she reached out to me and I worked alongside a friend of mine named John John was Santa and I had a buy the elf costume 
And so I was by the elf, and we had sat in a chair. We put a stool in six feet in front of him that the kids could sit on, and then I would greet the parents as they came in. And we just had a ton of fun out there at Volcano Stadium. And Lisa was just so grateful that John and I did that so that these kids could still have a Santa experience. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, who wants to go through your life going, well, COVID killed Santa? Right. (laughs) No, you guys kept the spirit alive. Yeah. And there were a few parents that they didn't care. They're like, we don't care. And so they let the kids sit on Santa's lap. Mm -hmm. But we did put that little stool in front so that we could keep the six-foot distance. Right. Um, But that was just a fun event that occurred right there in December 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Get that Santa experience. That was the year of no baseball at the stadium. But I still got to work because we did fireworks displays throughout the year. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I was a car parker. Okay, <laughs> I was all right. an usher for cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in, Bob. I appreciate it. You're it's welcome. been fun. I'm going to throw a quick special out to the guest in our okay. last little bit here. Perfect. This is the month of Give Hope. Yes. And Jason Mowry passed from pancreatic. Mm-hmm. Fadamire has given us hope. Mm-hmm. If you buy a hat or a beanie, I will give you a purple shirt free. Okay, perfect. That's amazing. What a great offer. Hat or shirt, hat or beanie, and I'll give you a purple shirt free. For Faye, who's given us hope. Okay, I love it. All right, our sponsor for this uh, second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. So if you're looking to buy a home or sell a home, give her a phone call at 503-409-4389 and continue to keep her in your prayers as well as she's going through her own battle. And we will be back next week as, as the, the movement, movement continues. continues.